The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. ACB Families, a warm, welcoming affiliate that's as close as your telephone. ACB Families meets on the first and third Sunday of each month by Zoom, and we're always talking about topics that touch families that are large or small, families with kids or grandparents, families just like yours and mine. Be part of our ACB family. Call 502-897-1472 or email allacbfamilies at gmail.com. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona. Every week here on ACB Media One, that's American Council of the Blind, Media One, and soon after on all your major podcast catchers. Each week, we'll dive into the news, human interest, and discussions about the issues surrounding all of us in and out of the American Council of the Blind community. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition. I'm Anthony, as you heard, and that amazing, amazing intro that Byron put together for our uh, Sunday Edition show. Byron, how you doing? It is a crazy weekend. So uh, Friday was the last day of my old job, and I'm starting my new job on Monday. Yes, big, big, big congratulations. I know um, I know it's going to be a very interesting and fun move for you, but it's hard to say goodbye sometimes, huh? It is. And, you know, technically, technically for the next day or so until Monday, I'm, I'm unemployed. <laughs> yeah. Let's not joke about that in our community. <laughs> right? No, all kidding aside. And um, you're also going to be off for a couple of weeks from our fair show here. Um, so I want you to have as much fun on your personal and business, uh, adventures that you're going to be doing for the next couple of weeks. Thank you, Anthony. All right. Before I have two really, uh, two guests with me today, before we get into the meat and, um, potatoes of today's show, I want to remind everybody that guide dog users in Sunday edition are collecting submissions for furry tales, and that is to nominate past or present guide dogs who have made an impact in the American Council of the Blind. And folks, we're 60, going on 62, uh, one years old. So, you know, if you've got a dog from way, way, way back when, and you remember and want to submit, please send your submissions to Sunday Edition AC at Gmail. You can find information for it on the GDY webpage. And every couple of days, I kind of post it all over the place. So let's, let's really recognize our furry skilled professionals who have made lasting and memorable contributions to our community all right no stranger to the show gabriel hey welcome back to sunday edition hello anthony byron hi everyone <laughs> so <Thank> you. <laughs> you're here in a dual I, uh, in a dual role yeah. so why don't you start out by announcing for the multicultural affairs committee the book Absolutely. that is being read and the time of the discussion, not the coming Monday, but the following Monday. Correct. So, yes, MCAC, the Multicultural Affairs Committee, uh, we are having a 
um, guided book discussion or reflection on uh, a book by the author Dan Rathers called What Unites Us, Reflections on, on Patriotism. And, um, you know, we all know that uh, we live in a time in which, uh, you know, only polls say it, but our personal and human experiences have have us feeling so polarized in our country. And um, this book actually is uh, the effort or the um, goal of the book is to highlight what unites us, just like the title says. And it, you know, talks a little bit about... Um, Sorry for the background music, folks. That's my dad's ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the um, the uh, book by Dan Rathers is seven hours, seven minutes. So you still have time. Uh, we will be having that discussion that is going to be conducted or guided uh, by uh, two of our uh, members, Michael Garrett and uh, Regina Marie Brink. So uh, the discussion is going to be happening, like Anthony said, not tomorrow, a week from tomorrow, Monday, April 18th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And it will be uh, Zoom um, information will be posted by Cheryl. So look out for that on all the lists and we'll be sharing and cross sharing all over the place. So, yes, I think this is a, a really, really good opportunity to talk about what unites us. Well, this is a really good opportunity for me to take personal privilege since I've got a show. Um, every once in a while, I like to use it um, to say a huge and hearty congratulations to you specifically. Um, you are in the very last leg of your certification process for life coaching, which pretty much <laughs> means you're practicing um, and getting those hours so that you can have your full certification. So um, I just want to ask, you know, now that now that you're in that very tail end, a couple, I, I think you're probably about 20 hours away from full certification. Um, how does it feel? Oh, my God, it feels uh, it, it's 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 mixed feelings, because as you so patiently know, <laughs> uh, for the past, uh, you know, over six months, I've been every every Tuesday for two hours logging on to my certification calls with my pod, which I miss right now, uh, my pod leader, um, you know, my mentors. It's, 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 it's a huge, huge, huge undertaking. And um, it, it's, it's a great accomplishment. It is a great accomplishment. Um, I've touched so many lives and I've been touched by so many great people in this, in the coaching world. And, uh, and I want to, continue doing that and I want to transform lives so thank you for pointing that out and giving me the space to share with everyone that I am in that process that uh, very soon I hope in a couple of months or so I will be uh, submitting my uh, date for my oral exam which will gain me um, my uh, association with the International Coaches Federation ICF so I'm so proud of you and, and I'm so glad that I have a show to actually say that out to, to hundreds, I hope, of people who might be listening. Um, but also, you want to give back to, to our American Council of the Blind community and legally, morally, all of the alley speaking, you are actually ready and taking clientele um, in, in the am. life coaching model. So um, how do you want to give back to ACB? 
Well, I, uh, you know, as, as I go into certification, obviously uh, into a full sort of certified status, which like I said, will be in a couple of months. Um, obviously I abide by certain regulations in terms of pricing structures. So I want to make sure that before I make, I take that leap, which is very exciting. <laughs> uh, I want to give back by just, you know, uh, helping people, uh, while I can still manage my own kind of introductory friend, neighbor, good neighbor pricing <laughs> structure, or even, um, you know, customized uh, based on, on on need and uh, uh, you know I, I work with everyone so I want to take advantage of these last couple of months that I have of being uh, being that flexible in terms of pricing and I want to help others so uh, thank you for the space Anthony to let me reach out to people and let them know that they can check my website uh, my website is beyourbeacon.com that's B-E-Y-O-U-R-B-E-A-C-O-N.com. And for those of you who are wondering, yes, the name is because my the, the center of my practice as a coach is to believe that we are our own beacon and we do not have to look for guide or inspiration from outside. We have it within. That's beacon, folks, like a lighthouse, not bacon, like our favorite <laughs> um, you know, additive on anything, <laughs> including glazed maple donuts. Yeah, right. yes, and and I know why you say that. I it's 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 an insider joke, right? Because Anthony was helping me promote one time uh, when I recently launched my website a few weeks or months ago, and uh, and I think you dictated. <laughs> and it, I dictated, and, and it, it came out bacon, and it and it came out be your bacon, and I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I have anyway. subsequently learned to edit everything that I dictate that is going out Thank publicly. You. In yes. private text messages, I got to be honest, don't care. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Um, but all right, thank you. So everybody, if you want yep. to avail yourself of introductory, I guess, you know, before these certified prices, um, it's be your beacon. Um, you want to give a couple of examples of, of what kind of coaching, um, you know, what kind of um, reasons people might reach out for coaching? Okay, yeah, sure. I, I have uh, been doing a lot of uh, career coaching. I've been doing some spiritual coaching as well. Um, obviously, um, just identity, um, self-expression. Um, I work a lot with, obviously, people, persons with disabilities and the LGBT community, uh, family, and also um, a lot of uh, just just personal personal development whether it be emotional family partner and um you know it's it's very exciting because i i i you know i i love helping and and it's it's just a great way coaching is is just an excellent way to achieve goals and whatever area in which you feel stuck coaching can help you move into a a space of um of just just meeting those goals so i, I won't i won't i won't I, I don't want to take your entire show anthony so just you know visit my website that. and, and but we would be remiss we would be remiss if we didn't at least say out over the airwaves that they can hang out with coach gabriel for a, what what is your sample session about a half hour to kind of get yeah. an idea uh, oh of yes what thank you for mentioning and... that yeah yeah i do uh, you know it's it's that's totally free it's a sample session and it's like a, we call it a discovery session so that way we kind of 
go over your values, your goals, what your expectations are. And if it's and if coaching is for you at this point in your life, you know, and if we're a good match. So, so yeah, definitely. You're bacon. I mean, bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Now okay, go get some work. Awesome show. I'll probably <laughs> pop on later on. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, everybody out there, um, I like to say that Sunday edition is all of our shows. So I feature announcements for anything that's going on in and even out of our community, as it says at the top of the program. So if you have announcements or you want to pop on for a few minutes to introduce something or or highlight something, please hit me up with an email um, the Saturday before the show or a couple of days before the show and, and we'll arrange it. I am pleased to have a repeat performer here <laughs> on Sunday edition. Dr. Joel Snyder is back to help us talk a little bit about the the concert for Ukraine. So welcome back, Joel. Thank you for coming again on a Sunday. Thank you, Anthony. I'm happy to be here. Always happy to be with you guys. Yeah. So <laughs> um, <laughs> this is this is pretty exciting. As far as I know, and please correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first United um kind of we are the uh, uh live aid ish <laughs> that's right put together completely by our community right well yeah the um and and for the benefit of blind uh, ukrainians uh, which uh, obviously everybody in ukraine is uh, in our thoughts and prayers right now um and i've had uh, the opportunity to have some some connection with uh, folks in Ukraine, in the Jewish, uh, as well as the blind community there. So um, thank you, Anthony, for allowing a bit of time to, to talk about this concert. We're with you, you period, as in Ukraine. We're with you, a, a blind performing artist virtual benefit concert for blind Ukrainians. So Wow. I'm so I'm so proud of our community. And I'm, I'm look at how far, you know, we've come as as an organized group so I, I just this this blows me away give us the details oh yeah well it's put together by a group in um, new zealand if i'm not mistaken um uh, the uh, a, a, and it's a fm radio station uh called mushroom fm and they have decided to put together a concert um with performances by blind performing artists and others uh, like myself, who are supportive of of and advocates for uh, people who are blind. I work, of course, uh, primarily with audio description. But this group is, um, let me mention the URL right off the bat, mushroomfm.com slash with you, W-I-T-H-Y-O-U. And the group has taken upon themselves to sponsor this concert on April 16th. Um, when, uh, and that's it, the golly, I'm looking at the website right now on April 16th at 2 p.m. Eastern in North America, but this is worldwide. It's at 7 p.m. in the UK, UK Sunday morning at 4 a.m. in Eastern Australia and 6 a.m. in New Zealand. It is uh, a really the chance for the global online blind community to join together to help people who are blind uh, who've been affected by the atrocities in Ukraine. And uh, I believe they've passed the deadline now for uh, submissions to actually be a part of the, the concert. Uh, but it will be a magnificent um, 
time just to listen to the uh, contributions from blind folks all over the world. Um, and again, that, that uh, page, mushroomfm.com slash with you, Y-O-U, uh, will give you more details on how to tune in and uh, how to contribute as well. They, they still have uh, sponsorship levels, but during the performance, of course, uh, the program, uh, there will be opportunities to contribute. And um, we are going to be promoting that through our, you know, email lists and ACB media here as well. So we're really yes. excited about that. Yeah, um, it's, great to, it's great to actually to see uh, ACB step up and help sponsor this. Um, and along with the National Federation of the Blind as well, I, I will say. Um, and in fact, let me mention one other uh, opportunity for folks who are concerned about people in Ukraine, the World Blind Union. Um, and I've, I've had I've been quite honored to work with the World Blind Union for the last 10, 15 years in various capacities. Uh, they actually uh, co-published co with ACB my the Spanish edition of my book, The Visual Made Verbal. But the World Blind Union is also established a uh, what they call the U Ukrainian Unity Fund. So um, you can simply go to worldblindunion.org and click the donate now button at the top right. Um, it, it's another opportunity, another way to support uh, folks in Ukraine, uh, particularly folks in Ukraine who are blind, uh, who are just as affected or more so by the atrocities uh, happening in Ukraine uh, today. So, you know, I, I could be coy and say a little birdie told me, but, I, you oh. know, I read, I, I, I know you well, first off, but <laughs> I also read, I read the um, announcements that you put out. Um, I'm not going to ask you exactly what you're doing performance wise, <laughs> but um, could you tease for us maybe a verse and a chorus from oh. something from Fiddler? Well, there you go. Yeah, in fact, I'll mention, though, that uh, one, one way in which, uh, well, the ways in which I have some connection uh, to the country of Ukraine, uh, the, uh, I was, um, golly, one of the last trips I made abroad um, before the COVID crisis in December in 2019, I was um, invited to speak to the Ukrainian Society of the Blind about audio description, uh, which is uh, virtually unknown in Ukraine. Uh, but but I, I say virtually because I also spoke with a small group of individuals, uh, Victoria Luchka in particular, who um, are working to build, uh, at, certainly at that time, working to build audio description efforts uh, in Kyiv and throughout Ukraine. And so it was, uh, I, I also met with them uh, and did a little workshop on audio description. And um, of course, I think their efforts have been uh, put on hold for obvious reasons, uh, COVID, and then of course the, the war. Uh, but uh, I'm in touch with uh, Ms. Luchka uh, and the folks at the Ukrainian Society of the Blind, and they're hoping to uh, get back to normal and build build uh, audio description in their country. While I was there, though, I, I had the opportunity to visit a small village uh, just outside Kiev, uh, which is called Anatevka. And those of you who are fans of the musical Fiddler on the Roof will know um, that the show is set in a, uh -huh. an imaginary village, uh, Anatevka. which is uh, in the Ukra in Ukraine, rather, I should say, in Ukraine. And uh, a, a group of um, uh, folks in Ukraine, um, I, my understanding is mostly from the uh, Central Synagogue in 
in Ukraine, in Kyiv, um, with the support of the chief rabbi, um, developed um, a, a um, really a center for refugees from the Donbas region, the eastern Ukraine region. This is well before the war. Uh, and they, des- they decided to dub it uh, Anatevka. And I figured, how often am I going to find myself in Kyiv, in Ukraine? Uh, I, I just got to go out there and, and see what they've got going. And they have a gateway there with the, the word Anatevka. And I have my picture, of course, underneath the, the gateway. Um, so Anatevka is uh, the home of uh, uh, literally for Fiddler on the Roof, the musical, and literally for this uh, small village of uh, refugees, Jewish refugees from Eastern Ukraine. And they have a synagogue there and a school and, and uh, residences and such. So, um, well, but in, in response to your, uh, your, your, your kind request, Anthony, uh, <laughs> it's, it's been, uh, you know, I've been a professional actor for 45 years. Um, and um, golly, I think over that time, done five different productions of Fiddler on the Roof, different roles. Um, as I've grown older, certainly, and, and indeed, as I've gotten a little older, I've played Tevye a couple of times and I've directed the show and such. Uh, so I thought how I, I was in touch with the, the folks uh, putting together this benefit concert, and they thought, oh, please send us a little something um, that comes from Fiddler on the Roof, because, uh, you know, after all, it's based in Ukraine, and it just seemed very appropriate. So I actually wow. sent them a, a recording of my little story about my connection, uh, as well as the, my rendition of the song, Anatevka, from Fiddler on the Roof, uh, which... Uh, the, the ensemble sings right towards the end of the show uh, when they're, they're being forced to leave their home uh, yeah. by, by the uh, 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 pogrom uh, being uh, inflicted upon them uh, by Russians. And uh, so there's parallels to everything happening now. Um, so, um, well, but, uh, you know, most people, when they think of Fiddle on the Roof, I think they, they think of Tevye the Dairyman and, uh, and his... Uh, 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 signature song um, which appeals to everybody you know if I were a rich man if I could only yes. it just just rise out of my situation and just uh, uh, just have it a little more easy, easier um, and I'll, I'll share a little bit of, of that with you just a smidgen uh, thank you Tevye comes on stage and he looks up to God he says dear God you made Many, many poor people. I realize, of course, that it's no shame to be poor. But it's no great honor either. So uh, what would be so terrible if I had a small fortune? If I were a rich man, all day long, I biddy biddy boom. If I were a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work hard. Hey, boom. All day long, I biddy biddy boom. If I were a wealthy man, I'd build a big tall house with rooms by the dozen right in the middle of the town. A fine tin roof with real wooden floors below. There would be one long staircase just going up and one even longer coming down and one more leading nowhere just for show. 
There you go, Anthony. A little bit of fiddler on the roof for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so before I let you go, and I'm going to explain more afterwards, but I am collecting messages of hope and support for Ukraine. So I know you sent a special message along with with your submission for the concert, but sure. you know you were there. You've been on the ground. Um, you know what? Sure. Is, what do you want to say to the folks in Ukraine? Well, uh, it, it is just a, um, a horrific time for people throughout the country. And um, just now, uh, it's April 10th, Sunday, April 10th, uh, people in the East in particular are gearing up uh, for um, atrocity, basically being uh, committed. And um, not just blind Ukrainians, obviously, but everybody uh, is taking shelter, is trying to um, remove themselves from danger, uh, which doesn't even, that doesn't even help because uh, apparently even as they try to leave their homes, uh, they're in danger. Um, so I, I follow it all very closely. Um, a, a good friend of mine who used to work with me in my company, Audio Description Associates, um, actually in 2019 began uh, uh, teaching English in Kiev, in Ukraine. And um, uh, I visited with him when I went there in December of 2019. Uh, he's relocated, of course. He first uh, fled Kiev to go to um, uh, Lviv, and then from there to Budapest, and now he's sheltering in Germany. And of course, the hope is that he'll be able to return and retrieve his belongings and maybe even set up his practice again at some point. Uh, but so I, I'm thinking about him, Bill Brown, and I'm thinking about um, Victoria Luchka, who's um, a budding audio describer in Kiev, and I'm thinking about the whole Ukrainian society of the blind and anything folks can do on uh, April 16th during this benefit concert uh, or with the World Blind Union and their Ukrainian Unity Fund, um, I'm sure it would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being with us today, John. Sure, you bet. You bet. Andy. Looking forward to your performance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Have a great okay. Sunday. All right. You too. Bye-bye. All right. That was Dr. Joel Snyder. Um, and of course, his book, uh, The Visual Made Verbal, is available on Bard and Audible and everywhere else. And if you're interested in audio description, it's a great read. Um, wow. So I've had a longstanding relationship with Amnesty International. And of course, you know, it comes from my days which I still advocate LGBTQ community, of course, but it comes from, from the days when I was in New York and, and I was advocating for, mostly for transgender youth. Um, and they're partnering with um, HRC, Human Rights Commission. Um, and so they're collecting right now messages of hope for Ukraine uh, and they will be sending representatives, and I'm going to reach out to Kim Kim Charlson um, and see if we can get representatives from the World Blind Union as well uh, for my May 1st show. And the the first wave, of course, of, is these messages of hope and support, but also the next wave is going to be collecting both monetary, but also physical donations, clothing, um, baby items, you know, the the essentials. And working with um, a lot of companies that do transportation, the, um, you know, mercenary companies or, or um, human um, um, 
companies that that move for for disaster relief, et cetera, et cetera, and they're going to coordinate and send as much as they can to to the people in Ukraine who who are going to so desperately need help from all of us around the world. So that's what today's program is about. Is about part one, collecting some messages and showing Ukraine and and Amnesty International and HRC that we here at the American Council of the Blind Care and we want to help as well. So um, I'm going to open up to to our listeners. If you are out there on ACB Media and you want to join us and and um, and speak live, the Sunday edition link is always the same for every week. And it is out there on all of the email lists. It's also on the Facebook community group page. Um, I posted this morning and then I realized I didn't go and put the Zoom information. So Gabriel just posted that as the show was beginning. You can join us here live. Um, as always, I always throw it to my executive producer, friend, co-host extraordinaire, Byron. Um, do you have any thoughts before we start taking hands? Wow. Well, you know, um, my heart is with Ukraine. Uh, and it, this is a really rough uh, time for them to be going through. And uh, I'm just thinking about what it would be like um, <clears throat> if we were going through that here, um, how our lives would be disrupted, and how everything would be put on hold because we are in the middle of a war. And that's exactly what they're going through right now. This isn't, um, you know, just pictures and sound on the news. These are real people's lives. And um, they're being affected. And it's devastating. And so uh, all I can say is that my, my, my thoughts, my prayers, my energy is with you. Um, and I hope that, that Ukraine gets the support that it needs to, to survive. All right. All right. I, I definitely heard at least two hands go up. So Byron, who's who's up first? All right. Uh, the esteemed. Um, oh, her hand was raised, but it is. Oh, Margie, the esteemed Margie's hand is up right now. Hi, Margie. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Byron. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks to Anthony. I can raise my hand and be on Zoom on the computer again. Um, this I, I'm just I'm I'm at awe with what we're about to do to support our blind brothers and sisters in Ukraine. And I, I feel compelled to say this, this is not to take away from what we're doing in Ukraine, but I wanna remind every listener out there, we have blind brothers and sisters in Russia as well. And it's not the citizens of Russia that's behind this war, it's the government of Russia. So as we, as we send our positive energy or our prayers, however we choose to do so, let's remember those in Russia as well. And I'm going to go off topic here and make two announcements. I don't have the details on one, but I just saw an Apple News flash about um, the transgender swimmer. Um, and I'm assuming since this is newsflash, it's, it's huge, it's big. And that person, she, it, um, she made it. And, um, so get your Apple news. Let's all read about it. And I've, I've been wanting to share this with our community and especially our LGBTQ community or oh, plus don't forget our pluses. Um, I want to say, I am so proud of California and our governor who I don't always agree with, but I like him anyway. 
Um, I respect anybody that's running for office. He just appointed the very first transgender woman to a high court in California who formerly formerly worked for Department of Rehab. So that's very exciting. Oh, oh. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Anything directly you want to say to folks, whether they be blind or, or sighted in Ukraine? Um, from, from me personally, I want to say I'm praying for you guys. Um, I'm praying for your safety. I'm praying for uh, this, this uh, war to end as quickly as possible. And um, whatever you see is your higher power. Put your faith in it because that's all you have right now. It's truly all you have right now. And um, I, my heart goes out to you. And I'm so sorry you guys are going through this awful, awful situation. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Margie. All right, Byron, who's up next? All right, coming up next is someone with a 682 area code. Hello, 682. Hi, Calandra. Your higher power is God and, you know, your barometer of, of his faith and his love is, is the Bible. Okay. That's fine with me. And, and these messages okay. will be translated into Ukrainian and Russian. Um, and there's going to be thousands of them. You know, Sunday edition is just one small program um, they're collecting. I think they officially start collecting them um, on Wednesday. But I kind of got the okay. jump on it because, you know, they're coming back here the first the first week of May. I think it's actually May 1st. Um, and at that point, they'll be taking monetary and physical donations. So old clothes, baby items, what, whatever towels, sheets, you know, whatever you have to spare, there'll be, there'll be um, stations set up all around the country. Um, I think a lot of the LGBTQ centers um, and maybe even some, you know, maybe even some centers in our community, maybe lighthouses or such. I'm not right. sure who, who all their, go ahead. Is love, yeah. and that's more important than possession. Absolutely, 
Kalinja, thank you, and and stick around. Thanks. We're we're gonna be we're gonna be on for the for for the bulk of the show. So I heard a hand go up, Byron. Who do we have next? All right, coming up next we have uh, Elisa. Hi, um, <clears throat> I just want to say uh, to everyone in Ukraine that I am very sorry that this is happening, and I want to read the lyrics of a song called Inscription of Hope. Absolutely. I believe in this. I believe in the sun, even when it is not shining. And I believe in love, even if there's no one there. And I believe in God, even when he is silent. I believe through any trial, there is always a way. But sometimes in this suffering and hopeless despair, my heart cries for shelter to know someone's there. But a voice rises within me saying, hold on, my child. I'll give you strength. I'll give you hope. Just stay a little while. May there someday be sunshine. May there someday be happiness. May there someday be love. May there someday be peace. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was that was beautiful. Um, Byron, do we have any hands at the moment? I do not see any hands at the moment. Um, yeah, feel free to raise those hands if you have a message for Ukraine. Yeah, and I want to remind everybody, it's the same Sunday edition link for any Sunday editions programming out there. So if you see it, please click it on and join us. In a little while, we're going to transition into a discussion about checking in with our mental health and emotional well-being as the pandemic recedes. Um, but if you're out there and you want to send some messages to Ukraine, please join us and, and raise your hand. In the meantime... Um, I had planned to do this a little bit later on in the show. Uh, so give me a moment to finish my setup. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, Anthony is setting something up that this is a uh, sort of a mysterious surprise. I wonder what it is. Byron, how is my sound level? All right. Keep talking. All right. How about now? Yep. You sound good. All right. I, I pulled this out. Um, I was going to submit it for the concert, but um, I ended up submitting something else. But this is a musical expression um, for Ukraine. Here we go. Awesome. <laughs> When you're down and trouble and you need some loving care and nothing, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be there to brighten up even your darkest nights 
You just call out my name And you know wherever I am I'll come running Yes, I will To see you again Winter, spring, summer or fall All you have to do is call And I'll be there You've got a friend. <laughs> if the sky above you should turn dark and full of clouds and that old Oh, not waiting should begin to blow. Keep your head together. Call my name aloud. And soon I'll be knocking on your door you just call out my name and you know wherever i am i'll come running i'll come running to see you again Winter, spring, summer, or fall. All you've got to do is call, and I'll be there. Ain't it good to know that you've got a friend when people can be so cold? They'll hurt you, they'll desert you, they'll take your soul if you let them, oh, but don't let them, you just call out my name, and you know wherever I am. I'll come running to see you again. If you know the words, feel free to sing with me. Winter, spring, summer, or fall. All you gotta do is call and I'll be there, I will, you got a friend, 
I hope we've got some hands now. I do see one from Margie. All right. I'm sitting here with tears. Um, you know, we all need a friend. And um, had some rough roads in the first quarter of this year. And Anthony was my friend that was there unconditionally for me. And he's had some challenges, and I've been his friend. And I just want to say, everybody, we all need a dear friend, regardless of the gender, whether it's male, female, it doesn't matter. And thank you, Anthony, for being that solid rock for me. And thank you for that beautiful song. Thank you so much. Margie, stick around, because I want to jump into a discussion about how we are coming out of the pandemic. But I'm going to play my hand one more time, everyone. Um, We'll take messages for Ukraine the entire, you know, the entire rest of this hour and, and the second hour. Um, so if you're out there and, and you want to go on record and you want folks over there in, in horrific war-torn areas to hear something of hope from us, please log on, join us, and, and raise your hand. Byron, before I segue, do we have any hands raised? We do. Yep. And I will, um, usually I wouldn't do this, but I will, I will kind of give you indication that there's hands uh, every now and then while we're talking. Um, I see one from Pam. All right. Yes. Oh, thank you for your, for your rendition there. That was beautiful. And thank you. yes, we do all need that friend. And we all should try to be that friend. And I, too, am praying for the people in Ukraine. They're having such a hard time. And not only the ones all around that area, they're all afraid right now. And the common citizens in Russia are also, as someone earlier said, they too are suffering. They're suffering from the sanctions and they're also, they're afraid of their, this dictator that suddenly seems to have uh, started grabbing power. He he's may, have, may have been that way somewhat all along, but it just seems to have gotten so much worse. And uh, so I too am praying for those people over there <clears throat> and also for the people who are working in that region to try to help people get to safety and get uh, whatever, get, get their needs taken care of. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, that's a really good point as well. We see, we see our journalists um they're they're there they're on the ground but there are there are thousands of everyday americans that are there trying to trying to give relief all citizens from all around the world it's not just americans i should say it that way 
um, who are helping people cross the border, who are distributing food and blankets. So yes, absolutely. We need to pray for every single one of them as well. Yes. Byron? Yeah, you know, one of the interesting things, Anthony, is that uh, Russia and Ukraine is much like, you know, um, as far as as far, as far as proximity, it's very much like uh, Mexico and the U.S. or the U.S. and Canada, where there are plenty of people um, in the Ukraine that have family members that live in Russia, and uh, right. you know, vice versa. And with this war, families are being torn apart, lovers are being torn apart, um, you know, best friends are being torn apart. It's it's not just you know two opposing teams. Uh, and, and everyone on that team is opposed to the other team. It's, it's complicated. There are, there are people whose lives are being ripped apart by this. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a terrible fate for them to have to deal with. And like I saw, uh, and I mentioned this, I think on a previous Sunday edition, there was a woman on YouTube who lives in America now, but she's a Russian, uh, originally a Russian citizen. And she said that her mother, uh, who lives in in the Ukraine, would probably have a hard time getting to and from uh, the Ukraine to the U.S. to see her. uh, And that she has friends from Russia that are going to have a hard time seeing her. And, um, you know, she's like isolated. She doesn't know when she's going to see any of her family or loved ones right now uh, because they're in sort of this war-torn region of the world. And how many thousands of people out there are not hearing, hundreds of thousands, millions probably, are not hearing from folks and have no idea, no idea if they ever will again, you yeah. know, those numbers. And, and you hold out hope. You have to hold out hope that, you know, they're mm-hmm. just in a basement or, or they're on the run or they're, you know, and one day that phone or, or, or that text message or, or that email is going to come through. I, I, I have a friend, Anthony, uh, who's a website developer, and he works with somebody that lives in Ukraine, and he hasn't heard from them in weeks, and he doesn't know if they're alive or dead. He doesn't know if they're in hiding. He doesn't know if they're, you know, giving aid to their country, trying to fight back and defend it. He he has no idea. He has just zero clue where this person went. He worked with them, you know, almost on a weekly basis. So, <laughs> you know, there's just a lot of um, separation from people that we care about because of this. Yeah. All right. Um, how are we doing hands wise? I'm not seeing any hands right now. All right. Well, thank God I have you and I'm going to ask our trusted friend Margie to unmute. Um, again, we'll take messages for Ukraine, all the rest of the program, but we're going to segue into mental and emotional well-being check-in as we oh, as look, we leave the pandemic. Looks and, like we've got one from Lynn. All right, let's bring on Lynn first. Hi, Lynn. Welcome back. Hey, Anthony. Well, I just want to say, especially as a Jewish person, that I am very unhappy about what's going on in Ukraine, especially the um, rhetoric and you know the, the, what what russia talks about the denazification of uh ukraine especially when the president zelensky is jewish and his prime minister is jewish and so i i want to send out a message to ukraine saying that i am praying and hoping that things get resolved that they get back to their lives that they get get back to their beautiful ethnic heritage 
um, of Ukraine because Ukraine is a proud country, a beautiful country. I've never been there, but um, I um, have been following what's happening for the last seven weeks, and I just hope and pray that they will get the help they need from many, 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 many countries and, and quarters, and that's what I hope for Ukraine. Thank you. Can I ask you something, Lynn? Um, yeah. When you, when you hear the rhetoric, you know, it, it'd be easy for Byron and I to, to make a statement and say how we think and what, how we feel and what we think about it. Um, but of course, this, this, this touches you in a different way. When you hear the rhetoric, what, what goes through your mind and, and what, if you could speak to the, I don't even want to, he who should not be named part two. Um, but if you could speak directly to those that are, that are forced, you know, faking this and putting it out there for, for propaganda reasons. Well, uh, again, I think that things are done at a very emotional level. I think that what I say is this is, this, this is just uh, stoking up fear among your citizens. It's stoking up old wounds and that this is not right. It's abuse. It's, it's trauma. It's all these things that people don't want to be reminded of, especially uh, in terms of refuseniks in Russia who had to leave because they were Jewish. Um, and I do think that um, there's a lot of anti-Semitism uh, carried in this. And I think that I would just say, be, you know, be a human being, understand what you're doing to these, to these people. And it, it's the same thing about what the Germans did to the Dutch in World War II, thinking that they were lesser. They, even though they 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 come from the, and somewhat the same heritage, so I think that what I'd say is, uh, just stop it, stop this madness, yeah. stop this craziness. That's what I'd say. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, Margie, are you still with us? I am still with you. I'm just listening with an open heart and open mind at this moment. So again, everybody, if you want to send a message to Ukraine, join us, put that hand up. Um, and we're going to segue a little bit and, and talk about our mental and emotional well-being. What's, um, Margie, you've been very vocal about how, you know, how your journey, where it's taken you and where you are right now. But can we go back maybe a year and then a year and eight months when, you know, when the pandemic first hit and then mid-pandemic how did you check in with yourself emotionally and, and mental health speaking? You know, honestly, I, <laughs> I have, I, I have made some choices, but it hasn't significantly impacted my life. It where uh, mental. So I didn't have a lot of mental or emotional issues around the pandemic. So yeah, I don't invite friends, hadn't invited friends over for dinner. Yeah, um, the first thing that happened, a group of us was going to see Ronnie Millsap here in the town in which I live. And that got canceled due to, I mean, it was canceled because it was the very first week. <laughs> and, um, so it has impacted my theatrical life. Um, I love attending theater. I love attending concerts. We've gotten a lot of AD and the audio description in this area. And um, it affected me in that I stopped going to the gym, but you know, I didn't stop living and I just chose to live in a different way. So instead of going to the gym, I went out for long walks. 
Um, I, you know, maybe if I lived in downtown San Francisco, I wouldn't have done that because it's very crowded. Um, uh, so it didn't, it didn't impede my activities. I still went to the grocery store. I just went once a week instead of several times a week. I still went to see, you know, the first couple of weeks it impacted my life because my chiropractor, my massage therapist, all that was closed. But I saw it as since I tend to leave a busy, busy life from wake up to go to bedtime, I saw it as Margie time. And I saw it as a time to really focus on my recovery. And it, we never skipped a beat in my AA or my Al-Anon meetings. They just all went to Zoom. Um, and yeah, I missed the hugs and all of that. And I've chosen, even today, to not go to in-person meetings to limit my activities. I do go to the gym now. I've, I've changed gym to a smaller gym closer to my house. That's a blessing. I found the new gym less expensive and closer to my house. But you know, I, I had an opportunity to do some reflecting on my life and to really throw myself bigger into my 12-step um, programs and um, rekindle. Uh, you know, my relationship with God was never lost, but I say rekindle it because I know I can always have a better relationship with God. And yeah. um, that really... Uh, it really moved forward this year when I was going through some struggles, but that really got me on the track, on track. So now I'm starting to invite people over, um, you know, small groups at a time. I'm not doing, I have a big birthday coming up and my sweetie wanted to throw me a big party and I asked not. And um, we're going to go out to sushi, to sushi. <laughs> that Sushi is a cross <laughs> between sushi and um, sushimi. <laughs> Yes. Sushimi is a raw fish and we love it. So we're just going to go out with two other couples. So for me, it's just keep choosing. And that's kind of how I live my everyday life. Keep choosing in every moment. No choice you're stuck in. Um, I will say the very positive thing it's done for me during all of COVID, including today and probably for the rest of my life, I will wear a mask when I'm out in public. I have been the healthiest I've ever been. Um, I have a weakened immune system and I have um, a history of repetitive respiratory and sinus infections. And I haven't had one during the whole COVID, which is absolutely directly related to mask wearing. Um, and part of that is I'm exposed to people with colds that choose to go to work with colds. And um, also, we have a lot of pollens right now. It looks like it's snowing outside. And mm -hmm. it prevents all of that for me. So actually, I've learned a healthier way of living. And awesome. I tend to take every opportunity and see the good in it now. I used to be a negative old crabby drinking woman. <laughs> now <laughs> I, I, I embrace every opportunity and look at the beauty and the opportunity in it versus the loss. You and know, Margie. I I go God. ahead, Anthony. Oh, I, I think things are better. Uh, but, you know, in the last two weeks, I, I know of three people that got COVID. So I'm not walking around going... We don't have COVID around anymore, and I'll be the first to get in line as soon as they have that second booster shot. I've had three shots. Oh. I'll do the fourth. I've been blessed, unlike some, in that the shot has not affected me, and I will pray that that will continue to happen if I take the fourth. Um, and that's, a, that's an individual choice. I don't have any opinions about who should or who shouldn't. It's just an individual choice. And the same thing with mask wearing. I, w I went to a... Um, I'll just call it, for lack of a better term, a baby shower yesterday in a park. 
and um, and um, I it, it was through my AA sponsor, an Al-Anon sponsor, and uh, her daughter, and I said, I'll be wearing a mask. She says, no one else will. I said, that's okay with me. And that's, it truly is okay with me that I'm the only one wearing mask. I don't have to conform because it's myself and my health I'm taking care of. And I just, whatever the issue is in your life right now, whether it's COVID, whether it's the uh, war, whatever, find a way to take care of yourself. If I could leave you with nothing else today, that is my message to each individual, regardless of your walk or your talk in life. You are the most important thing to God. Well, Margie, I know it, it couldn't possibly even be the slightest bit of consolation, but you mentioned a name and I immediately heard in my head, I'll be the bill you forgot to pay. I'll be that smile that just won't go away. I'll be the song on the radio. And the best line, I'll be the reason that you tell the boys no. <laughs> I hope you get to <laughs> soon. <laughs> I heard a couple of hands go back, go up. So we're going to put a pin in this piece of the conversation. But I want to come back and talk about our collective um, anger and stuff. So Byron, who is up next? Looks like we've got Meryl. Oh, Meryl, welcome back to Sunday uh, Edition. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Anthony. This is very emotional for me, too, like it is for Lynn. And Lynn, you had a beautiful, emotional, profound message, and I appreciate it. But I want to expound further because as a Jew, um, also, my hopes and prayers are with the Jewish blind um, of Ukraine as well as the Russian blind of Ukraine, and we uh, are better Jews, and we are, I visited Yad Vashem in Israel in 1972, that's the Holocaust Memorial, and the slogan is never again, and we cannot let these atrocities go on, and we cannot let history repeat itself, because we are going to have a serious issue not only in Russia and Ukraine, but globally and in the U.S. as well. So my thoughts and prayers, um, we are with you, Ukraine and Russia and the Jewish blind of Ukraine and Russia. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Meryl. That was so beautifully said. Can I, can I ask you something? Yes, yeah, sure. I posted, I posted on Facebook. Um, the other day, you know, after 9-11, we said never forget. After World War II, you, like you just said, it was yes. never again. Mm. Um, and basically, I, you know, I wanted to know how long does never again, did, does never again really last? And, and as far as it seems to me right now, never again lasted about 87 years. And... Uh, yeah, that's true. And, um, and, you know, there was Crystal Knopf in 1939 and um, glasses, uh, uh, glass uh, windows and everything was broken. And that was, you know, when this terror started. And Hitler, uh, oh, my God. I mean, he didn't care at all about anybody. It was just the Aryan race and the whites are the supreme race. And there's no excuse for it. 
there's no absolutely no excuse and it hurts me to the core and i am should proud the, to be jewish should amen, the world sister. amen absolutely should the world be more um antagonistic on the language being used denazifying should we be way more offended than we are yes about yes. that yes we have to be because if we're not things could happen again and we can't let it happen again because this barbaric dictator doesn't care about what he does he's just a, um, a barbarian he's um he's a uh, I don't, I don't, I can't even describe the words right now that I, I want to say, but he is just inhuman, subhuman. That's what, that's what he is. He's not even human. He's subhuman as far as I'm concerned. Lynn, go ahead and unmute. I heard your hand go back up and, and I know that you've talked about this on your call and, and I know you're putting together yeah, um, um, a Holocaust well, I, survivors. I Yes, I am. And I just got a, I just got an email from somebody else. I am trying to put a Holocaust panel because, again, it's about people denying um, that there is a Holocaust. I got a, an email from one of my members, and she said, "Yeah, uh, there was uh, somebody who called at a program that her parents were in, who she was a child of a Holocaust survivors, and said they didn't believe the Holocaust ever happened." So I think that it's up to us to remember that the Holocaust did happen that there are people who have been affected, uh, bl uh, blind people and sighted people, of course, who are children of Holocaust survivors and the Kristallnacht meant the night of broken glass. And when we see all this destruction in Bucha and um, all these other places that we're seeing buildings leveled and children being killed for no reason at all at hominem, um, this, is, this is what troubles me and, and Meryl and some of the other people in the, um, Jewish group that I lead because we don't we we are very 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 pro Ukraine in my group and we talk about it a lot and we talk about how much we feel for the people the blind people in Ukraine the blind Jewish people in Ukraine and and I agree with Margie about the blind people in Russia the the blind uh, Jewish people in Russia too so I think these things are very important and you know when you talk about mental illness and mental health it's 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 um it's difficult sometimes being a member of, as you know, as an LGBT person, uh, Q plus, and me you. <laughs> you know, as, as a Jewish woman. And I think, and, and, and racism and sexism and homophobia, this is why I talk about it so much, because it affects a lot of people and people don't understand um, the effect that these um, marginalization patterns have on us as human beings. You know, Lynn, in our community, we often, you know, especially on the lists, and we, we often get a little bit of pushback that says something to the effect of, this isn't a blindness issue. Um, you know, this isn't really part of the American Council of the Blind. And this is to Margie, Merrill, Byron, all of us. Um, right. What it, what, I, I know you've, you've answered that on the list, but here on Sunday Edition, what's your, what's your response to that? Well, we're, we're human beings. We're part of the human race. And as long as I hear uh, racist uh, comments uh, by certain people, certain uh, anti-Semitic uh, comments by certain people, uh, where I heard uh, Meryl mention this actually to me yesterday, that there was somebody who was mentioned that Easter uh, parade was written by Irving Berlin, who's Jewish. 
And people seem to be bothered by the fact that a lot of Jews wrote uh, Christian <laughs> songs, you know? So I think that we really need some uh, real healing about a lot of these isms, uh, racism, sexism, homophobia, as I said on the list yesterday. And it's not because I think that people are bad, but people are ignorant. They're, they don't have the information. A lot of people who grew up in small towns don't, haven't ever met any other Jewish person, haven't met another gay person, or at least mm -hmm. who isn't closeted or something like that, or a bisexual person. So I think that um, these things are very, uh, are very important. Um, to discuss and bring out, and it's a blind issue because we're part of the uh, we're, we're part of the wider community, and the wider community has these uh, prejudices, and so we do. And you know, when I use the word prejudice, actually, I don't think I used it, but in my group last week, one of the people who wasn't Jewish got very um, upset about it and said we shouldn't be using that word, and that everybody's uh, prejudice, you know, being prejudiced against. And I said, I, I agree, everybody is, but right now we're in the Jewish group, you know? So I think there's a lot of misunderstandings about uh, uh, Jews and about other, um, other people also. Uh, does that make sense, Anthony? Absolutely. It does. Margie? I just want to say, in my way of living and thinking, blindness is part of our lives. And whatever impacts our lives is part of our blindness. We cannot separate out ACB from the world. Our primary job in ACB is to make our lives easier, more accessible um, in every aspect, whether it's recreation, seeing movies, going to live performances, working on a job. And I just, I, I, I cannot grasp the idea of separation. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. This isn't our war yet. It can become our war. It can become World War III. You know, I had the absolute privilege of learning about a job when I was doing my undergrad internship. And I went to grad school immediately. And um, three years after grad school, working at the VA, I got my dream job. And that was working with, well, I started working with blind vets right out of grad school. But I wanted to become a visual impairment service team coordinator. And here's where, here's where there's a definite intersection. Out of every war becomes disabled people. That's right. Yep. Whether they're blind yep. or what. And, you know, if we mm. want to welcome our military people into this organization, this is their lives. You know, nobody goes to war wanting to become blind. They go to war because they want to, they're standing up for whatever country or they're doing it because they have to, because our president or their dictator said they had to. That's right. Nobody comes home. And if we want to say ACB doesn't belong in this, what we're saying to our veterans in our organization and our future veterans is, oh, this is not part of ACB. Well, it's, we need exactly. more veterans. We All need right. to support our veteran community. And there is a definite nexus there. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think that when we think about who we are as human beings, and we're all multifaceted, we're all, you know, many, many, many things. But I do think that uh, when I think about myself as a woman, as a Jewish person, um, as an older person now, um, and I have been in uh, both uh, uh, relationships with the same sex and opposite sex, I've been both. So I think that when we think about how we live our lives and how we choose to identify ourselves and and how we uh, really care about other people, and I'm the, the classic codependent, um, is that... <laughs> 
I really care. I really care about other people. And when I see people making statements that are, um, are, are, are mean or strident or something like that, it gets me upset. This is why I really want to do um, a, you know, a, a workshop, which was rejected, you know, about um, healing racism for people who are not a people of color, because they do a lot of stuff in the community and we should start healing ourselves. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah, I agree. Lynn. I well, maybe you could do it up. here someday. If, if it's rejected elsewhere, yeah. we'll just find another open door for it, Lynn. That's, who's that? that's, that's right, that? Margie. That? I, I agree with you, too. <laughs> Meryl, do you have any yeah. thoughts um, on what we're talking about now? Um, yeah, I totally agree. Because the thing is that we are, we cannot separate ACB. I mean, the thing is that, you know, on these lists, people are saying um, we have to care about our own before we care about Ukraine. And I thought, oh, my God. I mean, sure, we have to care about the blind people here as well. But we have to care globally because if, we, right. don't care, if we don't care about people globally, then the whole world is going to be fractured. That's and, right. And, and well, well, part of the prop reason is, and I was going to say this mm -hmm. last week, is that we're all tribal. And because we're yeah. tribal, we think about ourselves. And one of the things that I want to say is I'm not dissing anybody. I'm not uh, uh, I'm not criticizing the fact that they didn't think it was that, you know, that uh, ACB wants to be very careful about the community calls that they do have. And I get it. And I was uh, kind of afraid that what that would happen. But, you know, I do think that there has to be a vehicle where we can where white people can talk about being white and how they became, you know, what is racism? What is white supremacy? What is um, uh, white privilege? Because a lot of people don't even understand that. They don't. Yeah. There's, there's also, oh gosh, it just jumped out of my head. Oh um, no. It was another intersection. <laughs> well, that happens at my age. <laughs> um, you know, I just see so many intersections. Oh, I know what it was. So, we miss a lot in the media. A lot of it's printed. We miss it as people right. who are blind. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's visual on the news. We miss it. It's not audio described. So whether it's the, the Ukraine-Russia war um, and the blind people over there that we choose and want to support or even the sighted people over there or just the war and putting an end to it and standing up because just as we yeah. want people <clears throat> to stand with us as blind and visually impaired people, we need to stand with other people. And I just had this image in my head when Lynn was speaking. Remember when we all went to school, those little cafeteria trays we'd get that are all compartments? Oh, yeah. Compartments, four if you count the utensil one. Um, we we are we do not live in a compartmentalized society. We live in a cafeteria tray society. There are no compartments. <laughs> and whether it's the intersection of LGBTQ plus or African Americans or Jewish people or Caucasian people or um, it, we're all on the same open tray, and we have to stand beside and hold hands and speak loudly and proudly with each other, and that includes the American Council of the Blind. And you know what? Amen. And Margie and Lynn, and Lynn, I'm going to still fight for you, Carl. Don't worry about that because I know who to fight with. I mean, <laughs> all right, no names. Let's do 
How, how about, folks. How about <laughs> advocate oh, yeah. instead of fight? Fight well, okay. advocate. I, I, You're right. I, I, I don't I don't like fighting. I don't like violence. Um, I don't no. either. I'm, I don't like I'm violence. Sorry. I but, use the wrong and, word. And, and, and all oh, these people, come on. I was hoping we were gonna get a Merrill Will Smith slap. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that the leaders are making the best decisions they can. You know, when you're a leader, and this is something I learned as, as having been yes. a leader for many, many years, is that you have to delegate, you have to make the best decisions that you know how to make at the time. And I understand that, that it was coming from a really good place. And they said I was coming from a good place. So I think we can work this out if I figure out the best way to, um, you know, the best vehicle to do this, you know, and if it has to be done on another platform, not on the ACB platform, I'll do that. If, it, if I can change the names that people won't be upset or think that it's not going to be safe, respectful and welcoming, I'll do that. I'll do whatever that, that will make it uh, safe for people to talk about racism and, and, and stuff like that. So, Lynn, I love what so you just put- said. And I want to I just pigtail on that. Um, our leaders have stepped up to serve us and to lead this fine organization. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. like our leaders of the country, whether we like Biden or whether we like Trump, it really doesn't matter. They've stepped into that role and they've taken on a huge job. And so have the American Council of the Blind Leaders. And they're not going to please everybody all of the time. Mm-hmm. And they do their best and they make their best decisions giving the material, the, the information they have. I Here's what I say. And, and I learned many years ago because I used to use the word fight as well. But <laughs> what what I, I like to use the word advocate. And maybe all we need to do is continue our efforts to educate our leaders. Um, yes. I don't think they're intentionally and in, uh, making these decisions um, to hurt people. I think they're trying to protect the organization I and I honor them for that. And I'm so glad you recognize that because, you know, it's so easy to sit back and go, oh, that person is like this. And it's like, honey, you're not in their shoes. Right. Exactly. So I want to commend our leaders. I want to commend our full board, our leaders yeah. in every yeah. aspect, whether yeah. you're an affiliate or a committee, you all right. are doing the best you can. And I thank you. And Marcy, I, want to I apologize something. for the wrong word. I, I do. Sweetie, no, no, no need to apologize. That's how we learn. Go ahead, Anthony. I, I know I the word. I use something. the word advocate all the time, and I, I was just so. I, I, I think okay. Anthony. Wants to, I think yeah. Anthony wants to say something. Go um, ahead, Anthony. Yeah, I want to. I want to highlight every single person who's on this call right now. Actually, for you know, there's something that I am very fond of saying. You know, first and foremost, I won't make a political statement, whether it be on the show or on social media, without having an accompanying accompanying phone call or email to whatever the appropriate Senate House. You know, wherever wherever my advocating mm. mouth takes me my advocating fingers take me. And I'm very fond of saying on this program and all throughout this organization that if if we want to complain about something or we want to ask for action on something, then we need to be willing to step up and do the work and be a part of it. And so I want to highlight everyone who has spoken on this call right now, because we're all part of that group that gets up every morning and, and decides what can we do today to help out whatever the cause is, to help mm-hmm. out our communities, whether they be intersectional, intersectional communities, blind, straightforward community, or you know our family and neighborhood structure in our own cities and towns. 
Um, I want to remind folks again, of course, that we are taking messages of hope for Ukraine. And we're kind of, it was supposed to be a post pandemic, but I think we're kind of doing an emotional well being check in just in general right now. So please feel free to click on that link. I'd love another couple of messages to forward to um, Amnesty International. Um, and when they come back on May 1st, I really need folks to be here and participate. This is, you know, if, if we're gonna go big in advocacy, we need to go big together. Um, I heard a hand go up. So Byron, I believe that is another one of my favorite people in the world. <laughs> yes, Terry. <laughs> Hi, Terry. Hello, everyone. Um, I've been listening, but I have to confess it's been a little bit off and on uh, with too many phone calls going on here. But I think something, you know, Anthony, you did a wonderful job with doing uh, You've Got a Friend. Thank you. Another, another song that goes back, I think, even a couple of years older than that one, um, I think is something that, and, and that's, I don't know if you ever remember Elton John's Friends, long before he yes. was Sir Elton John. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that was on the Mad Hatter album, but um, Mad Man Across the Water, I mean, but I'm not positive, but go ahead. I don't know. I had it on the on the uh, the soundtrack from the movie Friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think what what really struck me about both the Ukrainian messages and your mental health and uh, reaction to the pandemic. I think that song really fits in incredibly well because one of the things that I think ACB media and community and our members have all, I think, shown an amazing ability to is to reach out to our friends and to and to create new friends and so if I could share my screen I would play it just for it's only like about two minutes long if you'd like I would um, love if you need a couple of minutes we'll talk and get back you can come back or if you've got it ready go okay. ahead. I've got it kind of ready if but I am trying to go to screen share and it's telling me that I can't let me see oh. if I can let me see if I can request that you share your screen. Okay, um, that'd be great. Yeah, let's see if I can do that. Um, and while I while I look into that, you guys just go ahead and keep on talking. <laughs> <laughs> but I think so, the pandemic yeah. has been the pandemic has been it's been difficult for everyone. Um, but it's I, I I think the thing that's impacted me the most on it with it is the number of people that we've lost. I mean, right in ACB alone, I know nine people that we've lost. Um, you know, and I, one of the things that probably my biggest negative with it has been the people who, I, I do have a bit of a problem with the people who won't mask up, who won't get shots. Not because, for more than anything else, that to me is a, is a lack of, I don't know if it's the words really responsibility, but a lack of caring of other people around you. And that, I hope, changes 
somewhere along the line in the future with it. Um, but as far as us personally, we've had we've had some major changes. We had planned to be in Ireland um, for the summer of 2020, the summer of 21. We're still supposed to be going for a very special concert that my husband has wanted to go to that's on our 49th anniversary um, oh. this August. But it does, I, that's, I don't know whether we're going to make it or not at this point in August to Ireland. Um, but, and, you know, that's been, and, you know, not seeing my son for over a year was, was very mm. difficult. But I'll tell you what was really wonderful about that was when I did get to see him. I yeah. hugged him so much. <laughs> I embarrassed him beyond words, I think, in Union Station in, uh, in Washington, because it had been like 15 months since, I, since he had been with us. And Perry, did you those ever, are kind of the positives that can come out of it, I guess. Yeah. I, I did you ever think in. after that moment, um, that's, that's what military moms feel? You know, when you, you know, after you pulled out of that hug, sometime later that day, did you think to yourself, wow, I have a glimpse. It's not exactly, but I have a glimpse of what military, you know, families feel when their loved one comes home. You just jumped all over me and it's incredible because that's what I was just going to say as a mom (laughs) of a Marine who's been deployed three times. um, I want to hear your answer, Terry, because it's tough. It is tough. Um. I think I had experienced that one time several years ago when I was working for um, Tenacity down in La- uh, out of Lafayette, Louisiana. And we went down and we got stuck in Dallas somewhere. I forget. I think it was in Dallas. Um, and I will never forget it. It was we were going down for a holiday party and. We all ended up staying overnight in the airport and all that kind of fun stuff. But that morning, every single person in the airport lined up because there was a group oh. of of uh, military people coming back for Christmas mm-hmm. from um, oh. Iran, uh, Iraq. I mean, this would have been like in 2009, 2008, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when that sense really hit me. Was we the entire airport just stood there and applauded as they came through? Yeah, and it was that was one of the most touching experiences I think of my life practically. But right. so I guess I, I, in a way, I guess I kind of did, Margie. But you know, when, when my son had not been in the in the military, it, right. I, I, I can't say that I thought of it that day, but it, I had had that experience with it. Yeah, that un, un, uncontrollable um, separation. You don't you don't have a choice about it. You don't have the worries because he's not off at war, but just that not being able to um, go hug him when you want or go visit him when you want. That's you it. And, and actually, Scott lives in a group home up in Massachusetts where they were having, we ended up him staying with us for three months this year because of the seven residents there. Four of them had COVID, three of them had COVID, and four of their staff did. And I know I was just so grateful to have him here instead of up there. I bet. So, Terry, um, I did, I think I've got screen sharing uh, set up so that you should be able to share your screen now. Let me give it a try. I think I can. 
And while you're doing that, Terry, I just want to acknowledge you. You were the first one today. And thank you so much for recognizing those members in ACB that we've lost to COVID. And I just extend it to our greater blindness community. I, I have a few friends in NFB that we've lost. And it's just the devastation to our own community of blind and visually impaired yeah. individuals. Mm-hmm. So thank you. It is. And this community, you know, we're a global community, whether we think of it that way sometimes or not. Um, and and in, in a situation like this with Ukraine, that's when it really hits us that we are a global community, I think. Absolutely. Okay. Share screen. And let me make sure. Let's hope this works. It should. Why am I not feeling good about this? Well, I do see your screen, so there's that. And I'm clicking on play, and it's not playing. <laughs> Wait a minute, let me try down here. There's another play button here. Oh, dear. Yep, doesn't seem like it wants to it do it. It doesn't seem to want to play it. Now, I played it three <clears> times <throat> earlier today. And was, that, was that on Zoom? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, it might just be. Have to sing it, Terry. Is there any way you could? Oh, pull that's it up the on last me? thing you want to do is sing it. <laughs> <laughs> is have me sing it? Trust me on that one. Maybe you and I can do a duet sometimes because I can't <laughs> sing, and I always say when I sing to my son as an infant, he would cry. Iron, <laughs> is there any chance you could pull it up for us, and we'll talk for another minute while you're, you know, while you're? Is there any way you could do that for sure. us? Sure. What's the name of the track? It's called Friends. Friends by Elton John. Okay, I can just pull it from YouTube. Our Byron, he's so brilliant. <laughs> Wait a minute, so, I might... so you guys wanted me to play the Friends theme song from the Rembrandts, right? <laughs> <laughs> different show, Byron. Don't forget, show. To, don't forget the clapping part, you know, the... all right i do have i do have friends available so terry if you could stop sharing your screen that would be great and then uh, i did i'll just go ahead and play it from here okay great i did all right here we go i hope the day will be a light a highway
Well, you're listening to your Sunday edition on ACB Media, and um, we have been talking, sending messages of hope to Ukraine, and talking about mental and emotional well-being check-ins. Um, you know, I wanted to to take a moment, and I've kind of alluded, I've talked about this on the show before, but um, you know, the pandemic hit, and my mom was battling lung cancer. And I had come down to Florida for what was supposed to be a visit in preparation to, you know, start the preparations for moving. And, and then the pandemic hit and I was here. And, and honestly, you know, I had to make a quick decision. And the decision was I, I'd rather be with the person that I love and, and, and our two dogs and the family that we were building um, than alone in New York and, and not knowing when it would be possible to, to be back here again. Um, but the pandemic, you know, in the beginning, if you guys remember, you know, we were kind of led to believe it was going to be a couple months and, and, and things would start getting back to normal. But that wasn't the case. And my mom got worse. And, and because of the pandemic and because it was, you know, lung cancer. And at one point she had to go into a rehab facility. She didn't want me flying, traveling, coming up there. And something told me, you know, she had had a surgery and, and, and a really bad bout of di diverticulitis and things were not looking well. And, and, you know, she said, don't come. And something told me, you know, you, you need to go. You need to go. And, and I went. And um, it, I, I often say, you know, I, I don't want to say that I was lucky, but my pandemic experience could have been so so much worse and the one thing that i'll hold for the rest of my life i was there my uncle told me when i walked into the room that her whole demeanor she lit up mm -hmm. and he he said that she was more alert and more responsive and she she lied to me she straight up lied to me and told me she was fighting and, and she was going to be here and I would see her again. Um, and I was only back home. I, Florida is now home. I was only back home for 32 hours before I was back on a plane because my mom could go. And that, to me, that is one of the greatest, greatest gifts, you know, of I'll receive in my life. I, I, I was there. I, I wasn't holding her hands when she went, but I was there. She knew I was there. She knew how much I loved her and, and what. And so along that process, I lost count, but it was well over 400 emails, texts, just from people in the American Council of the Blind alone, you know, not counting my friends and family and things. It was well over 400 reaches, messages of reaching out and, and being there for me. So, you know, I, I, I did thank along the way, but it's 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 been a hot couple of months since then and 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 i want to re thank everyone out there um you'll never know how much those messages coming in I, I couldn't answer them obviously there was a lot going on um i couldn't answer them individually but they meant so much coming in um all right if you would like to talk about your emotional and mental 
well-being and checking in and, and things like that, please feel free to raise your hand um, if you want to send messages along with the rest of us who have already spoken to our community or the, the Ukrainian country at large, please join us and raise your hand. Byron, who's up? Oh man, that and was And Terry, a... <laughs> thank you for that beautiful yeah. song, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And Anthony, great. I want to uh, make a I... comment here, and that is really simple. You listened to your inner voice. I did. Mm-hmm. And I will be I will forever be grateful. And we you know, all even my uncle voice. was saying, Don't you know what? Maybe it's not the right time. In a couple of weeks, let's see what happens. And and you know, I turned to Gabe and I said, No, I, I have to go. I, I have to go. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. God, Byron, who's so, up? All right. We got a couple of hands. Um, so we have an eight, a, a six eight two area code and we have Lynn. This is Calandra. Hi. Um, um I know that I have given a message to the Ukrainian you
call out my name wherever I am. I believe that James Taylor wrote that song. Yeah. Um, but in my opinion, God is the only friend you will have. Just reach out to him and he will be there. Kalandra, we absolutely love you. Thank you every time you Thank come to Sunday you. Edition. We're, we've got some hands going up. So as much as I love you, I got to get to the next one. Byron, who's up? All right. Looks like we've got, looks like we've got uh, Lynn. Uh, yep, Lynn. Hi, Lynn. I just wanted to say, Anthony, um, uh, rel- re- relative to what you said about going to see your mom, I've done that a couple of times. Um, my mother uh, had dementia and uh, I took a, uh, an internship in 2008 uh, when I was in uh, uh, graduate school <laughs> for the second time, and now I'm in the third time. But anyway, so, um, and I went back to Virginia to take a workforce recruitment program job with the Navy at the time for the summer. And I just knew that I was supposed to go there because I had a feeling that I don't know how I knew that it was going to be the last year that my mother was going to be, well, she wasn't really cognizant then, but that the, the last year that they were going to be living in New York, they moved to Florida permanently uh, in uh, six months later, or uh, three months later, really. And so, um, you know, that was something I did because I felt it was the right time to, to go for the summer and be in Virginia so that I could take a plane every month for the weekend to see my parents in New York and then in upstate New York when they went to a kind of resort place for the summer, uh, for, the, for, the month, for the month of August. And I did it again in February when I visited my dad in Sarasota because I don't know when I'm going to see him again. And I'm so glad I've made these two trips for my parents because I don't know when I'm going to see my dad again or if I will. So these are the kind of trips that you make and it's, it's, it comes from your heart. That's all I can say. And I I will, I will say, you know, to everybody out there listening, if you get that tug inside yourself, listen, you, you will you will for the rest of your life be grateful that you listen to your inner heart. Byron, who's up? All right. Next up is Pam. Hello. Um, I hope you can hear me okay. I'm actually outside at the moment enjoying this absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous weather. And it's a little windy, so I hope it doesn't You're good. get too, bu- too big a racket. Uh, okay. Uh my as far as the pandemic goes my big concern now is that in the area where i live we're still one of the higher uh you know the rate of uh people getting it and lower one of the lower areas of people being vaccinated and what I still wear a mask when I go out in public. And sometimes you have to, because if you take an Uber, a Lyft, a cab or whatever, you, you're still supposed to wear a mask. But several times lately, I've been in fairly substantial sized groups of people. And of course, I can't see whether people have their masks on, but I was in one this morning and someone said, you know, you were almost the only person here mm-hmm. still wearing a mask. And I say, well, I have a good reason for several. You know, one is I just don't want to get COVID. And number two, 
I'm trying to avoid getting a sinus infection. And if anything will help me avoid those because I get those and they are no fun. Uh, but I also learned this morning um, about two people who had to go into the hospital, not for COVID, but for something else. And the hospitals were full. Now, I don't know yeah. what they're full of, but it, it makes you wonder. You know, I have a feeling that here they're probably still full of COVID. Yeah. Um, and I lost a very good friend two years ago yesterday. She was uh, very active in ACB. She was our local chapter president. And we don't know if she died of COVID because the symptoms that she had, and this, of course, was in the early days of the pandemic, the symptoms sounded ominously like COVID, but all of her COVID tests came back negative. But I was on a Zoom call with her on a Friday the next Thursday she was gone yeah. and it it's just you know I just still think about that, that how um, how precious life is and that you know we're still even after two years we're still losing uh, way too many people to the to COVID yeah. Yeah, you know, last um, last April, um, my best friend lost his sister-in-law and her mother in the space of oh. four days. And, Ooh. you know, I, I knew them. I, I, I knew them peripherally. Um, but their, their world, you know, there's two young kids, uh, a husband, sisters, brothers, you know, a, a parent, you know, their whole world is entirely and forever changed. And, yes. and, you know, there's no going back from that. There's no, you know, the world takes off the masks and, and, and all of that. And, and suddenly things are better. That's something that is going to, that is going to irrevocably change the course of that family and all the people around them for the rest, for the rest of all oh, those yes. lives. Oh, yes. yeah. Thank you for sharing, Pam. So sorry for your loss. Thank you. Your loss. Thank you. Yes, it, even though it was two years ago, it's still just as fresh as it was then. Absolutely. Thanks. You're welcome. Byron, who's up? Well, you know, Anthony, I'd like to check in with, with you on, you know, mental health things, if that's okay. Oh, heck yeah. So, um, you know, we all know the story of, of how the pandemic affected me. Um, mm -hmm. So I won't go into a long diatribe about it. Um, you know, just to suffice it to say that uh, a lot of self-discovery in that time alone, uh, a lot of growth and, and, and coming out to people, um, you know, it's, it's definitely changed my life massively. Uh, as we come out of the pandemic, and I don't think we're anywhere close to being done with it yet, um, this is the thing that kind of bugs me. 
you know, we have gotten into sort of a mentality of, you know, mask mandates being dropped and, and people just choosing to, to not wear masks in, in groups and things like that. And um, I, in my former job, which I just left on Friday, um, which I'm having a lot of other mental health things related to leaving that job, which I could talk about. But um, in that job, I worked with seniors and I would go into nursing homes and independent living centers and, and people's homes, their apartments and their houses and stuff. And, and I would see them and I would say 90% of them didn't wear a mask. They didn't want to. Um, and I wore a mask every time because I needed to protect the people that I was working with. I needed to protect the people that I was seeing. Um, when I would go to events like, you know, like some of the blind sports that I do, the majority of the people there didn't wear masks. And, and it was, it was really weighing heavily on me because a, you know, the fear of catching COVID is still strong. Right. But B, um, the fear of, of, you know, going to see someone who's, you know, 98 years old the next day, uh, and not knowing that I'm carrying COVID and that I'm, you know, possibly giving it to them. That terrified me that, you know, I could come into their home to help them with their technology and in a couple of weeks they might be dead. You know, that that was terrifying. And people's flippant attitude about not wearing masks. It's like, well, the mask mandate's down. You know, you don't have to wear that mask if you don't want to. I chose to wear it in my personal life. I chose to wear it in my professional life. And even though I'm not seeing seniors anymore because my new job is remote, I'll still continue to wear a mask and I probably will for the rest of my life. Like Mar like Margie's like Margie said, you know, it's it's done a lot for her health. It's done a lot for mine as well. I've I've noticed that I've gotten less colds and flus and things like that because of wearing a mask. And uh so I will probably always wear a mask. Now, if somebody could come up with technology that would make my glasses not fog up, that would certainly help help <laughs> my mental health. <laughs> but um, you know, and then as far as other things, Anthony, you know, this is not COVID related, but I am going through the harrowing process of transitioning from one job to another. And it is so stressful. I, I am worried that I've left a great job. You know, I, I'm worried that I've made a mistake. Uh, I don't know what Monday will bring. I don't know what my new employer is going to be like. And um, there's just like all of this stress and fear and anxiety related to transitioning. And, you know, what am I giving up? And and is the thing I'm gaining in, in place of the thing that I gave up, is it going to be as good or better? Um, on paper, it looks great, but I haven't experienced it yet. So, you know, going into the unknown, either in covid or in work or love or personal things, going into the known is really freaking scary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. I know you're gonna I know you're gonna wow your new employers. Um I'm gonna pray and, and put it up to my higher power that it's everything you want and so many things you don't even know you want right now. Um you work hard and you're a good guy. You deserve good things. So I'm asking the Sunday edition audience also when when you're doing your check-ins with with whatever your higher power is, just um throw Byron's name in there for a couple of seconds for us Aww. too. <laughs> do we do we have any hands up? Um, I don't see any hands up. Now would be a really good time to check in with us about your mental health and where you're at as far as COVID and you know other things. If people want to do that, we got about ten minutes left. 
Yeah. You know, Margie, you're still there. You're, st- oh God, we got a Lynn. <laughs> Hi, Lynn. I wanted to say, Byron, change is very difficult. If Even if you think it's a good change, it's it's it's, it's very difficult. I've, I've moved so many times in the last few years, I, I could hardly remember where I'm at. But, you know, I think that um, any change, like, you know, I lost my husband in 2016. You know, I think that, um, well, I didn't lose him. He died. But um, anyway, <laughs> um, I, mean, I think that's a crazy thing that we use. You know, language is such an important thing. And I that's think... True. I, I really think that we have to change our language about certain things. When when I talk about converted Jews in my group, I say Jews by choice. You know, there are just things that I don't like in the language. We say we're picky eaters, picky eaters. People used to call me that. I say, no, I'm a selective eater. I think that um, the language we use and when you say that you're nervous about it, you're probably also excited, exhilarated. You're, you know, we, 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 we always go to the negative a lot of times. And I think when we make changes in our life, big lives, big changes in our lives, like changing jobs, retiring, moving, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, we have a, a loss in, in our lives. I think these are all big, 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 big changes. We have to acknowledge that they are big, 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 big changes. And we have to just acknowledge that change is a part of life. That's what I wanted to say. You know, it's interesting, <laughs> Lindy, you, you said, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're excited. And, and I am, you know, people have asked me, hey, Byron, are you excited about your new job? Um, and, and it's a hard question to ask because right now I'm so like sort of sort of overwhelmed with all of the anxiety and just like trying to do like I, there's like a list of things that I must do between between now and Monday, you know, in terms of wrapping up my old job and starting my new job. And so I'm stressing over that. So when people ask me, like, are you excited? I'm like, eh. you know, yeah, I am because it's a new, exciting adventure and I can't wait to start. But like. I, I guess I'm just so overwhelmed with so many other emotions that it's hard to feel the excitement sometimes because it's just like a lot. <laughs> this is Margie. I once read that the chemistry reaction in the body of fear and excitement is exactly the same. And it's kind of like when someone's crying, you don't know if they're sad or they're happy. They just won the lottery or someone in their family died. Um, and a lot of the emotions are the same, and I, I'm, I'm with Lynn on this, is picking, picking our words and saying things and how we plant those seeds in our life can make all the difference as to the outcome. And I hear you, Byron, you're wrapping up a job, and so you don't really have time to get excited yet. And then there's the unknown, and plus, you're going on vacation, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on. Yeah, a workcation because I'm helping a friend move and I'm checking out their office in New York. So, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just yeah. there's a lot of feelings and it kind of I think the total sum of all of those feelings is like I'm feeling numb. So, yeah, it's it's weird. Byron, can you see if any of the hands that went up haven't spoken yet? We have a couple of more minutes and we'll we'll continue the conversation after we go offline for a few minutes. But um, if anybody hasn't spoken, can you let them unmute? Yeah, I don't see any hands at the moment, but if anybody wants to to jump in okay. there, feel free. Well, I want to thank everyone <clears throat> who participated today uh, for the messages. I will be honest, I was kind of hoping for a few more, a little bit more um, outpouring for, for Ukraine. Um, I will have a representative from Amnesty International here on May 1st. So we'll try this again as far as messages are concerned. And we'll also let everybody know how they can donate, how they can be part of helping Ukraine. 
um, sustain and recover. Hopefully, hopefully by May 1st, we'll be closer to recover rather than sustain. Um, this has been a great conversation. As always, I'm so very proud to put on this show. It is everyone's show. It is all of ACB. So if there's a topic, if there's an announcement, if there's something and, and, and you need a place to talk, please come to Sunday Edition. The email is sundayeditionac at gmail.com. I want to remind everybody that we are in the push for nominations for Furry Tales. Guide Dog users in Sunday Edition are honoring guide dogs of all. Even if it's from 50 years ago, if, if you remember and you want to honor, please send us um, a testimonial to Sunday Edition EC. Um, all of the, the information is all over the place, but I will post it on my personal Facebook page as well so you can find um, how to submit. And we will be back next Sunday with another amazing show. Joel, if you're out there listening, thank you for joining us. Gabriel, thank you for joining us. Margie and everybody who calls in Terry, Merrill, Lynn, um, Pam. I, I can't remember everyone's name, but um, thank you everybody for participating. We'll be back. Oh, no, not next Sunday. Next Sunday's mm-hmm. Easter. We'll be back on the 24th. And everybody have a blessed holiday season, whatever holiday it is you're celebrating. Thanks. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. And, and Anthony, remember, it's Palm Sunday. People may still be in church. Absolutely. Right. Oh, there right. you go. Anthony, we still okay. have about uh, two minutes left. Do you want to tell people what's coming up with Pride Connection? Because we've, um, oh, we've got some interesting stuff coming up, actually. So um, about a year and a half ago, we had an interview with West Virginia's first transgender representative. Um, Rosemary Ketchum. And BPI has been recognized for some of the advocacy that we've done around the Don't Say Gay Bills, which, um, you know, obviously the one that's gotten the most press has been here in, in, in my new home state of Florida, unfortunately, Mr. Death Santis. Um, well, I won't go there. There's also one in Ohio, but um, we put in a lot of effort. We were just recognized and in reaching out, revisiting over the last two years, our anniversary special that we put together. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out. It was amazing. Byron did some incredible editing, making us sound like we were trapped in an elevator. But <laughs> we're going to be um, recording with Rosemary again this Thursday, which will come up the following Tuesday. But starting this Tuesday evening, we're going to rerun the first conversation with Rosemary. Um, and there's, you know, some of it's political, some of it's about her life and becoming, you know, accepting her transgender, how her parents felt, why she ended up moving out from Ohio to why her family chose to move from Ohio to West Virginia so that she could live more authentically as a transgender Mm -hmm. person. So please check out that episode. And then next week, the follow-up episode where we're going to really get into don't say gay and why it is it, why it is important to fight against it and why language really matters, especially to our children. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and play us out. Thank you, Anthony, for yet another awesome show. Thank you. You've been listening to Sunday Edition on ACB Media. Stream one. That's American Council of the Blind Media or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Episodes drop every week at 1 p.m. on Sundays. And you can email us at Sunday Edition AC, all one word, Sunday Edition with the letters AC at gmail.com. 
Let's brunch again together next Sunday.